0: How's it going? I'm Coco.
1: And this is Mike.
0: And this is Rockin' Vino, the podcast where we talk about wine and music and how the two go so well together.
1: Find it all over the web. You can find it at Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, a million different places, rockinvino.com. On social media, be sure to like and subscribe at and Vino, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the places. And if you subscribe, then you get new episodes every Tuesday and then you find out all the new stuff that's going on and it's a lot better.
0: Automatically, <laughs> Exactly. It's like
1: a no-brainer. It, we get a little like winemaker series going here. It's kind of fun. We, we do. We, from, uh, we stick kind of in West County-ish to, to go, well, I guess that's more North County. Yeah. But going to Healdsburg this week. Exactly.
0: To... So we have David Drake here, a winemaker from Lancaster Winery. Welcome.
1: Well, thank you. Hello.
0: Yeah. Hello. So, um, so it's funny. I actually was, I, I saw Dave at a winery event, was it like last week? Uh, At Banshee, yeah, and it was actually very appropriate for our podcast. It was grunge and game night, but at a winery in a tasting room, so it was super fun. And so I wrangled them in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is that a pairing of grunge music and board
0: games? It sure is. What? It was ton. Yeah, they were like playing Nirvana while we were playing Connect Four. I was getting (laughs) my butt whooped, you know. It was fun. Good
2: times.
0: (laughs) I was playing Dave's assistant winemaker, and she totally beat me she like totally schooled me
2: she beat most people that she did she
0: like had like more than one way in and out of that game i was like you you're like a connect four shark
2: she beat beat me and then i'm like i'm out
0: yeah (laughs) one game done (laughs)
1: I'm not going to get swept.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) We reeled you in, and then you realized you were gone. Yeah. I have no moves left.
0: I beat her, like, twice. (laughs) I'll take that as a win for the day. (laughs) So, Dave, um, so tell us a little bit about your history with winemaking in general and Lancaster.
2: Uh, It's pretty easy. I, um, in 2000, was kind of trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. I have an art degree from Sonoma State. Oh, nice. And I... Basically took an internship, a winery intern, where they hire a harvest intern to work. The harvest as a temporary uh, thing. I kind of took it to be outside, work with my hands, just to kind of make some money and kill some time for a couple months. (laughs) Figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Um, And yeah, 20 years later, I've almost figured it out. Dang, 20 (laughs) years later, that's awesome. Yeah, so I've been in Lancaster the whole time. It's the only winery I've been at. Okay. Um, All my education is Hands-on at Lancaster. Um, but
0: isn't that really the best type of education is hands-on?
2: It's a lot cheaper. You get paid that's for That's true. It. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't go to school, guys. Just do what you want. Get a job. <laughs> get a job. <laughs> nice. um, so
2: that's pretty much the extent of my like winemaking career. I haven't been anywhere else. I'm, I'm very happy there. It's a beautiful place.
0: It really is beautiful. Yeah, yeah it, has a, it has a wine cave, doesn't it? It does. Nine and how, square feet. Oh, there you go. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what kind of wines does Lancaster focus on?
2: We focus on Cabernet, specifically like Bordeaux style Cabernet Sauvignon. Oh, so not okay. necessarily like the big Alexander Valley Cabs, but more of a uh, a balanced, you know, refined Bordeaux style. Mm-hmm. Uh, very traditional, old world style of French winemaking that we use. And okay. The uh, original owners. That was his vision. He had been to Bordeaux and, and really fell in love with the uh, the kind of chateau model of where. Um, it's a sense of place. So. All our fruit is estate farmed. We're mm. have, we have a 70 acre piece of property there. 50 acres are planted grapes. Everything we make comes off that property. And uh, the idea with the, uh, what we're trying to make is something that really represents that 50 acres of or that 70 acre piece of property. And um, and just kind of showcases what that little bit of this planet can do.
0: Yeah. And you, your production is relatively limited, correct?
2: Yeah. Um, on a big year, we might make 4,000 cases. Oh, wow. Um, the last couple years, we're in the like 2,000 range. Oh, okay. So it kind of depends on how the harvest is and, and uh, how the quality is.
0: And um, so I'm looking at the website. And so you guys do cabs, but also sometimes a Sauvignon Blanc.
2: We a definitely blend. do a Sauvignon Blanc every year, just a little 500 cases of that. Um, and then we'll do a couple very small 100 cases of like 100% Malbec or Cabernet Franc or whatever might oh, be showing yeah. really well that year.
0: Okay. Um, I think, actually, I got a bottle of Malbec from a friend for my birthday from Lancaster. Very nice. Lucky but you. Haven't opened it yet. Yeah. One day. <laughs> so, if you can make, if you, besides um, Cabernet, of course, is there, like, any wine that you like, any, like, rare, random varietal that you would just love to make one day?
2: Um, my favorite wines to drink are, yeah. um, are coastal or specifically, like, Anderson Valley Pinots. Oh, my gosh. They're kind of those delicate, earthy, funky, yes. light um. Pinots, I like those, and Sonoma Coast is, gets towards that, but any of those cooler climate ones. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'd love the opportunity to I have ideas, but Ew. it doesn't fit our mold, and I don't think they're gonna like... They like, wouldn't
0: go for it. They're not
2: gonna let me buy a couple tons of Pinot just to play Darn around it. With. <laughs> I'll
0: I'll vote for that if I can. <laughs> okay. I'll sign my name on that list.
2: <laughs> if you can sign a check, that would...
0: Oh be yeah, fun. I mean, I don't, can't, can't guarantee that they will clear, but I'll sign my name. <laughs> So when you guys are in the um, in production and like working at the winery, because clearly you guys are co- like all over the place, what kind of music are you guys listening to? Um,
2: honestly, during the day we just have random radio stations on, and it kind of depends on our mood. We'll go from the classic rock to mm-hmm. the um, we have a disco ball in the tank room. If yeah, you seen that. And so on Fridays we have Disco Fridays, so we'll turn the disco ball and we'll go on to more <laughs> of the more kind of hip hop. Mm -hmm. that sort of modern uh, dance music station. Um, But, yeah, classic rock or kind of jam band sort of stuff. Um, During Harvest, we're a little more specific. We'll put our phones in and kind of depends on the mood. If it's early and you want to be chill, it can be like jazz or something. Mm. And then if it's late and you want to be, you need to keep yourself up, it's (laughs) heavy metal or- Yes, exactly. uh, We do a lot of gangster rap goes on in there (laughs) at night once the crowds leave. We have a rule though between basically when tours are there so mm-hmm. gangster rap have to stop at 10 a.m and can't start until 5 p.m
0: <laughs> that's a good rule to have
2: yeah we've had some instances in the past where uh <laughs> tours come through at the wrong <laughs> wrong uh when the chorus is the wrong part of the song to be playing for groups
0: <laughs> they're like oh my goodness yeah. what in the world
2: and you don't realize it because it's just background music to you yeah and, uh, and then you'll catch a song You're in the zone. catch a word you be like oh <laughs> to go shut that off real
1: quick. Oops.
0: I'm sure most people actually probably like dig it, but they just don't want to admit it. Unless they're, you know, prudes. Yeah. but hmm, that's okay. And it's
1: on yeah. them. It's on them. <laughs> that's their problem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and like, Lancaster also has that really cool little side patio too, mm-hmm. right? Do you guys ever do anything out there?
2: Uh, they certainly do tastings out there. Um, they'll do occasionally do a luncheon or, you know, there's a barbecue, there's a grill out there. Yeah. It's a good uh, place to sit at the end of the day and smoke a cigar and have a glass of wine. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> absolutely.
1: Now, for you specifically, one of your uh I guess early on wine experiences was uh, an encounter with uh, is it Ernest Gallo? Yeah. It, how did that uh yeah. how did that shape you? Um <laughs> he was
2: very direct in business, even he was retired you know, he was I think he was like eighty nine years old mm-hmm. or something like that at that point. Um my dad had worked for the government for the, what was the ATF, is now the TTP. So when he re, he had a relationship with Ernest Gallo and a lot of wine maker or owners, just uh, on a legal standpoint. And then when he retired, my dad started consulting for, Gallo was one of many that he was consulting for. And um, my dad and Ernest Gallo had a, a pretty good friendship going on, like they would, I met him, basically we went over to his house for lunch. And uh, he was very, like, totally out of the business. He's like, old guy, his kids are running the place, but he's very much like asking, I think I was, you know, (laughs) mid-twenties, asking me like, why, why did I like beer and not drink more wine? Mm. And he really wanted to know like, how can we convert this generation? Interesting. Um, so he, it was, yeah, he was just like directly asking questions as to like, why do you, why do you like that? Why don't you like this? What could we do to make a difference? And it was, um, you still had that business sense. Mm. Um, my favorite part of that whole story though was my sister's very loud and, and East Coast obnoxious <laughs> and I uh, kept interrupting and, and uh, Ernest Gallo finally just told her to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and that was great. And it's like, Linda, shut up.
0: <laughs> like, can I relive that moment again and again, please? <laughs> like,
2: you just got Ernest Gallo to tell you to shut up. That's like a- That's pretty awesome. Tally mark. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. Um, but
1: that's how that went down. Very cool. It, it, having you mentioned that, uh, where does it stand on that? I feel like at one point, the trend was younger people going beer, but I feel like I've seen it going back the other way now.
0: There's a lot of millennials drinking wine. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure.
1: And it,
2: it's whatever's trendy and, and kind of hip at the moment, yeah.
0: And everybody loves to go wine tasting. Exactly. You know, I mean, we just had barrel tasting, which... Yeah. Were you guys a part of barrel nope. tasting? <laughs> oh, you lucked out. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, you see people from all ages really, of course, legally. Getting wasted. Getting wasted, right. pretty much, <laughs> yeah. And going barrel tasting. And, you know, you do get those, those groups of people that really do enjoy barrel tasting for what it was meant to be, mm-hmm. which is educational and kind of tasting how the wine's going to progress and all that kind of fun stuff. But, um, yeah, I don't know.
1: I'm sure even something that starts as like just a, a for people to go party and get drunk or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure as they get older, like the palate, you know, they actually start thinking about their palate and what they're drinking. So I, it's like
0: I think that's with anything. I'm, I'm Sure, think it that's happens with eventually. Food and wine. It's like you know. I mean, when I was growing up, I ate chicken fingers, fries, and pizza. Now, 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 I'm much more diverse with my food. But you know, and I think
2: Sonoma County is hyper focused on that to where there's Absolutely. so many. Like it's really hard to not eat well and drink well.
0: Exactly, um, which is so nice. Where you
2: go to some other parts of the country and it, you know, you got to really struggle to find find what we have here every day.
0: It re- it, it can be a struggle. And yeah. good wine too. It's yeah. like you go to the a, a nice restaurant and you see their wine list and you're like, actually, I don't I know what this really <laughs> yeah. costs. <you."> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: right. You're like $12 a glass and that's $6 a bottle. Exactly. Of the Trader Joe's <laughs> worth it. Uh-huh.
0: Like, you're not fooling me, but I'm going to drink it cuz I like wine. <laughs> So, speaking of food and wine, do you have some favorite pairings that you like to either make at home or go out to a get, you know, get at a restaurant?
2: Um, definitely red meat and our cabernets are wonderful. Yeah. I'm a sucker for lamb.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would go down that road.
0: Lamb. Yeah. How do you like to cook your lamb?
2: I do the lamb chops where you make the little popsicles. But oh, yeah. Over, over the grill and just smother it it mustard, throw it on a hot fire and when it hits the 130, pull it off, throw some foil on it, cut those little lamb popsicles. Up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Nice. Yeah. A couple of weeks back we had Jeff, Jeff, Chef Josh Silver's in and we talked about pairings and whether when he tries a new wine, if he's immediately thinking about what food pairs with it. Uh, as a winemaker, do you have it the opposite way where you're trying a you know, big steak or try, having a meal and you're immediately thinking what wine goes with this, with this food?
2: I personally don't know. and I, I don't I don't quite I, I do think that there are like you know, some of those uh wines can cut the fat and some wines work better than others, but really uh drink what you like and <laughs> eat what you like and yeah. if it doesn't make you sick, you're okay.
0: <laughs> well I think that would be hard to do as well, like as a winemaker, to make a wine that would go with a certain type of food. I mean you can definitely make a wine that's food friendly right. but not like, okay, I'm like I'm going to make this wine for that dish. That would be kind of impossible, I would imagine.
2: And pretty silly, because then what are you going to. (laughs) Yeah. You can only have this This wine. That's all you're going to get. (laughs) (laughs) This is your
0: last meal.
2: (laughs) But food friendly wines are good.
0: Yeah.
1: And then another uh, kind of wine luminary, uh, Dave Ramey, you worked with along the way. Uh, What what was that like for you? Um, That got me
2: personally to where I am. Every, I learned more from him um, just through osmosis. <laughs> so basically he, he was our consultant. He would, uh, you know, come in at, um, I don't know, I won't say once a month, that might be a little too much, but <laughs> definitely several times a year and taste with us at important times. And um, just like his philosophy and how he uh, uh, makes wine and how he is like, you can do stuff, it's easy and works you don't have to like be really complex and like come up with all these crazy ideas like you know and at that time i was i was spending uh working the cellar a lot so anything that was made my job easier was great and he had a lot of things that made sense in the uh in how they made wine but also made the cellar workers life easier mm-hmm. um so and then just like yeah just tasting with him and, and kind of seeing what he's seeing and he definitely was a big influence in, in my winemaking style. Nice.
1: Now the property itself, it's, I was looking at some photos of it, and it's, it's just really interesting architecture and with the buildings and everything. What, what's, for people who come out to the tasting room and the winery, what, what can they expect?
2: Um, ideally, you make an appointment, and um, if you make an appointment, you'll get a nice tour of the, of the property and the cave, and then do a tasting actually in the cave, which is, you know, it's really nice. There's, they've got a beautiful wine library in there. Mm-hmm. That, um, It's very special and, and, you know, it's great. If you just show up for a normal tasting, the tasting room's nice in itself, but you'll just be a standing at the bar sort of Mm -hmm. thing. Um, And it's a very – it's all tight facility. So when you're doing that walking tour, we're down there. You'll walk right past us making – you know, working with barrels or whatever we happen to be doing for that day. Um, So it's it's really easy for – uh, whoever's take, whoever's leading the tour to kind of ask questions about what you're doing and uh, it's or when you get into the cave you do a full tour of the cave and we might be working in there so it's it's um, it makes it for a nice experience when you actually get to interact with the winemaking team which is two of us um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so,
1: yeah that's good. and then in terms of availability of the wines is it wine club retail restaurants where where would people find it uh, definitely wine club, high end,
2: uh, I mean, bottle barns, one of them, but high end, um, bottle shops and restaurants were, we've, we're kind of coming out of a, a little bit of a replant that we did. So our production was down for 15, 16, 17. So it's really hard to find right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't even really have enough. We're sold out of our Sauvignon Blanc. A couple of our reds are sold out. It's it, even at the tasting room, it's hard to get right now. Um, but when production gets back up, yeah. High end wine shops, high end restaurants and, uh tasting room is always best.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and will those um, the like I guess 2018, 2019 is that when production is going to be back yeah, up? Yeah
2: 2018 will probably be back up to close to 4,000 cases. Awesome. And then we'll probably that'll that's pretty much the max of what the estate can produce at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have some other vineyard blocks that we're kind of working through to replant so you know if, if all the fruit that came off the property was able was quality. We could make seven thousand cases, and that would totally be the limit. Oh
0: wow! Um, okay,
2: but you know we're very picky about what goes into our wine. So if it's doesn't make the cut, it goes down the street. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nice.
1: Uh, now I know, especially in this area. Um, the sustainable farming has become a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a certification for it now there for is. the local wineries. There uh, is. How does that impact you as a winemaker?
2: Well, we are a certified sustainable winery and vineyards. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're part of the Foley Group. At this point, all the Foley vineyards are sustainable. Um, we're the only sustainable winery. Um, it's a lot of work to get to that and to earn that little badge you can mm-hmm. put on the back of your bottle. Um, it. You know, once it's done, it doesn't really impact. You get used to recycling and composting, and and you know when you're logging how much water you're using. It's once you kind of earn the habit of doing it, it's it's not that bad. But tracking all that stuff and then like kind of getting other people to buy into it and um, and and join in and and do their part is a little more difficult. Yeah,
0: that's interesting though. Do you do you find that being a sustainable winery helps to bring traffic in, like people that are looking for that?
2: We'll see. I mean, we yeah. we just got our certification to where we can label it on the bottle and for our 2017 going fantastic. forward so um, our our uh, Sauvignon Blanc had it and then the stuff we are kind of going forward is gonna have that so we'll see if that brings people in okay. all the market research says yes
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, so.
0: I think it's an important thing I think that's something that a lot of people are kind of seeking out these days you yeah. know just because people are caring much more about the earth and how things are gonna yeah. um, affect the future so the future generations and obviously the future of wine you know we know especially we're on with out.
2: the i mean we're farmers essentially so what yeah. we're putting stuff into the earth that's leaching down into the water system that's you know we're drinking so mm-hmm. um, definitely people should pay attention to that mm-hmm. and live it
0: yeah. are there things that you need to avoid um, being a sustainable winery
2: um, yes I couldn't tell you what they are off the top. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's okay. (laughs) We really didn't, for the vineyard side, we didn't have to do much other Uh than, you know, a lot of, a big part of all of the sustainability is just tracking Mm. and and setting, you know, this is what we're doing now. How can we do better? Okay. Um, The vineyards were pretty easy. We really weren't doing anything um, nasty in the vineyards anyway. Yeah. Uh, So that was, that was pretty simple. But just the the logging of how much water we're putting in the vineyards and, and then getting the you know, the guys who, the vineyard managers are, they're old farmer guys. You know, they don't really buy into it necessarily. Mm, mm-hmm. um, so just kind of convincing them that this is something we need to do. Mm-hmm. Took a little bit of arm twisting, but...
0: Um, <laughs> but yeah, they like it I, done. <laughs> they do. And like
2: I said, now, like, all the fully vineyards are sustainable.
0: So. Nice. And, uh... <laughs> So uh, we were talking kind of before we got on air, and you were saying, uh, "What is the it saying? It's a lot. It takes a lot of beer to make great wine.
2: It takes a lot of great beer to make great wine." Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> so, what's your favorite? Your favorite beer to drink while making the, the great wine?
2: Um, while we're making the wine, the <laughs> uh, beer we drink. is... <laughs> or
1: maybe after <laughs> off property.
2: <laughs> um no, I, I like a good IPA. I think is easy, yeah. and then uh, you know, it's kind of anything refreshing at the end of the day. But I'm in the mindset. I don't drink the same beer. When I drink a beer or drinking beer, every beer is different. I just wanna move down the line. And, oh, interesting. And try and have something different every time. Okay. Not just sit back and crush a 12-pack of bud. Right. <laughs> 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 Natty ice. <no. laughs> Very
0: yeah, cool. Yeah. It's funny, I've noticed a lot of winemakers are also on the side, they make beer. Yeah, I wonder like what the kind of the correlation is with that. Is it just because you just like make th- making something and the and it's just a quicker turnaround?
2: Uh, there's definitely that. You can make you know wine. You have one shot a year for the most part, unless you're yeah. doing like concentrate or something weird. But um, <laughs> you can make beer year round. Okay. If you screw up a batch, you dump it down the drain and you buy some more ingredients and do it again.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, to whereas you know you know it, we're it takes us two years from grape to glass with our wine and. If you're at a year and a half and you screwed it up, that's like a lot of money down the drain. Oh, now. for sure, yeah. <laughs> so there's a little more pressure in not screwing it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think it's also just the uh, the sci- the fermentation that, you know, I call it science, but it's also magical. <laughs> the way, uh, these things that are floating in the air can convert ordinary sugars into something that, makes us happy yeah
0: Yeah. of course it is magical yeah (laughs) i'm thankful for it yeah
1: (laughs) it's funny because the inverse of that is vinnie and natalie at russian river Mm. the big brewers of the area in that when they're not brewing huge wine people just super into wine that's i think it's just because maybe it's just you're focused on that so much that you just do something else
0: yeah didn't they start at corbell
1: yeah. Oh, you're yeah. right. Yeah, I actually. That's so, right. this
0: is hilarious. So, I went with my friends to Russian River um, last week and actually this week as well. And um, I am not the biggest beer drinker, but I will drink it. I'm actually drinking one right now with Dave. And <laughs> um, but anyway, I ordered um, the Corbel sparkling, and it was so delicious. So then the following week, we went to Corbell and visited them, and they told us about um, the Russian River crew. How they got started there? It's yeah.
2: Kind of cool. Once, um, when so Russian River was there making beer, and then once Vinny wanted to get into doing the sours and Brettanomyces mm. and like those beer spoilage or wine spoilage yeasts, mm-hmm. they were like, "You got <laughs> kicked <laughs> them out." <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I've heard actually, isn't there like some winemaker right now that's like trying to do wine with the Brettanomyces or something? I'm not sure. Oh, it's I a... think that there is. I don't know. It just doesn't sound very smart to me. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little risky. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I also think, though, you know, you spend all day making wine, tasting wine. Uh, At the end of the day, you don't want a wine. And I imagine the same thing's true for beer. Like, they're drinking beer all day, even if they're spitting or whatever they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, At the end of the day, they kind of burnt out on it.
0: so. So, final question. Okay. So, what would be your ideal evening of wine, music, and food?
2: Mm. Should have given me that if ahead of time. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> got to put you on the spot. <laughs> um, just a quick answer would be a, a, a show at Terrapin Crossing. Yeah. Love oh, that place. I'm a big Grateful Dead head and uh, and love going to see shows there. So mm-hmm. if uh, Phil and Friends or something was playing there and they've got mm-hmm. a nice restaurant and uh, go have a couple glasses of wine with... Some, and yeah then he can get up and play and I can that <laughs> sit sounds and watch. like an amazing night <laughs> <laughs> that would
1: work.
0: Yeah. awesome okay well thank you so much for joining us yeah. we had a great time chatting with you and uh, if you are interested in checking out Lancaster check them out online at lancaster- estate.com and uh, make an appointment so you can get the cool all the, the tour yeah. might as well do the tour mm-hmm. all right well thank you so much
2: yep yeah, thanks